Hi, everyone. This is Tom Galker, and I'm here to first say thank you for making last week my biggest listen to week ever for Something Came From Baltimore. I am such a big music fan, and I'm, I want to thank the European market, especially Sweden, Germany, and France. You've doubled my listenership and since COVID. Uh, I guess you had a little more free time, but you want to be a part of that Be More music scene, and I want you to be a part of it also. And that's kind of what I'm asking for you today. I'm going to ask you to please forward a link of this show or of the podcast to five of your friends and just ask them to subscribe. If you think they're going to like this podcast, say, hey, this is something I'm into. I think you might like it also. I was told that my marketing skills are really bad, and, and they're correct. I finally got someone to start my Twitter account. I'm not good at it. That's what it, I guess the bottom line is. I am not good at it. Uh, this is an independent podcast, so what that means is I'm not connected to a podcast company, a company similar to like Wondery and Crooked Media. I've reached out to all of them, and they haven't bit yet. But if you're attached to one of those podcast companies, then you become a part of that search bar. Like, for example, I love Questlove Supreme's podcast, and I love Joseph Arthur's Coming to Where I'm From. I, I listen to them religiously. If you drill down afterward, it says, well, if you like this podcast, then you're going to like this one. And you scroll through that list, and you just don't see mine. I'm not on those lists. I haven't been on those lists until I'm connected to one of those major companies. I probably will never be on those lists. And that's kind of why I'm asking you to help me out and connect to people who will like this kind of content. Everyone seems to be falling in love with the Teddy Bear series, Auntie Hammy. And this full-fledged interview with Paula Cole has unnerved some people in a positive way. So there are some really great stuff in the catalog. Help me forward these shows. Uh, send a link to a friend and let them know that you love it. Like, let's say five friends. Now, this year is coming to a close, and this episode says The Warren Wolf Show. And what that means is Something Came From Baltimore is a podcast, but now it is a show also on a radio station. How cool is that? It's called Something Came From Baltimore, The Show. It's a half-hour show on the internet. It's an internet radio station that I totally recommend. There's no commercials. It's all good music. And it's called TheBox.com. The, B-O-C-X, dot com. You need to find this app and download it, and then you're going to have this cool, chill jazz radio station available to you 24 hours anywhere that you're at. So I totally recommend it. I fell in love with that station, and we've connected, and I said I would love to just you know, repackage my material and put it on your station. And we, we're doing that. So every Thursday at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, you'll see my show. But also, repeats are going to be available right here on Something Came From Baltimore. <laughs> that is the box.com. T-H-E-B-O-C-X.com. Coming up with uh, Something Came From Baltimore, I have unloaded the vaults of old jazz 101 shows so you'll hear a wide variety of shows that I had before produced. Also, you're going to hear The Beatles Come to America with the Beatle guru, Brooke Halpern. Now, it's a limited-run podcast series. It's only 20 episodes, and we'll review all the American Beatle album releases. And if you're a fan of Yesterday and Today, the album, the Hey Jude album or something new album, then this podcast will bring you back to your childhood. I'll be also playing the Something Came From Baltimore shows like this one, and we'll be also interviewing current artists like we currently do. So to recap, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, forward this podcast to five friends. Start listening to thebox.com. 
listen to Something Came From Baltimore, this show. And coming up in the future, we're going to dig into the vaults. We're going to have the Beatles come to America, and we're going to have some great new music. Now, this this Warren Wolf, like, he is one great uh, artist. He is from Baltimore. He's a vibraphonist, and he's on the Mac Avenue label. Uh, he plays in and out of the Baltimore scene, but he's a nationally artist. He's huge. And it was great to have him in my backyard, and I'd see him all the time. And I contacted him, and I said, I'd like to do something with you. And we were talking about doing a review of Milt Jackson's jazz career. But then I saw that he had a new album release in like a week or two. And instead of going through the channels that I do to set it up, I just went to him. And I said, um, you have like a new album coming out. Can I, can I talk to you about it? And uh, we went and did that. So that's what this interview is at, about. So it's, it's the interview, you know, kind of mixed into the new Something Came From Baltimore, the show. So that's what that is. Also, when I sent him a copy, I was not happy with it. I thought the audio was a little off. There was things I didn't like about it. I've remixed it twice since the time that I sent it to Warren Wolf. So if he's ever listening to this, I apologize for the first bad copy. I think I got it cleaned up, and it's a better copy right now. So this is my first Something Came From Baltimore, the show. I hope you enjoy it. And again, uh, thank you for listening to me, and thank you for making last week my best week ever. Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore, the show. First up is B-More's own Warren Wolf. We'll get to chat with him and about his new album, Reincarnation. This song goes out to my late mother, Celeste Wolf. Rest in heaven. This is for you, Ma. Thank you. 
I was trying to get you on my show just to do something. And for some reason, you never told me, oh, by the way, I have a brand new album out. <laughs> yeah. What's the reasoning for being so humble? Um, probably my wife. She told me I'm just no better than, than the next person. Oh no, no. <laughs> now I've seen you in at um, you know, a, a couple times in in Baltimore, and you're always working. And I was like, I got to get him on the show, and I just was coming up with ideas just to get you on there. It's great, yeah. and, and the album is fantastic. And I guess we should, should start the interview. Huh? <laughs> we have Warren Wolf on the phone. Warren Wolf is a top-tier jazz vibraphonist who just released a new recording called Reincarnation. The vibes are a staple in the jazz world like Lionel Hampton, Milt Jackson, Bobby Hutchinson, Roy Ayers, and Stefan Harris. You may think that the vibes are old school and Warren Wolf would be sidelined waiting for projects, but you'd be wrong. Warren is an in-demand musician who is on the shortlist. Working with Chico Freeman, Sean Jones, Cyrus Chestnut, Christian McBride, David Sanchez, and the San Francisco Jazz Collective just in the last couple of months. For Ma is the first single off the Reincarnation album, and it sets the tone for the recording. It's an aggressive and personal piece of work. The whole record is radio ready. Let's find out more about Reincarnation. Warren Wolf, welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's uh, really great to have you on here. Uh, Reincarnation is the name of your record. It's not a song on your album. What was the reason for the title of that? The actual reason, honestly, was because I was I wanted to do something completely different than what most listeners would normally hear me uh, perform. I wasn't raised as a strictly straight-ahead jazz musician. Like, my father, Warren Wolf Sr., he always... Um, uh, wanted me to play everything from not only jazz but classical music, ragtime, pop music, Motown, all those different things. So when I was coming up as a kid in the Baltimore DC area, my, my dad's band would play around uh, Baltimore DC very often, and th the style that they played in that band, I mean, they played a mix of everything. Like this is the um, mid to late '80s, early '90s. They were playing a lot of stuff by the Yellow Jackets, Anita Baker. And things like that so that's honestly where my roots came from you know playing a lot of soul music a lot of you know stuff like that a lot of maybe fusion jazz uh, what do you call it contemporary jazz and stuff like that so i wanted to actually just do that again uh, i've been making straight ahead music and recordings for the past 20 years um i just turned 40 in november of, uh, of 2019 so i just wanted to look at you know what's the second half of life looking like you know we just, just do something completely different this song goes out to my late mother celeste wolf rest in heaven this is for you ma Ma is uh, the first single, and, and in my opinion, it, it just jumps off right away. There, it kind of doesn't let go. Before she passed away, she had early retirement. Um, she, I think she, I think it was 2016 that she passed. Um, so she had early retirement. So during those years, like right after she retired, her and my dad. So what they would do almost 
six nights per week would go down to their rehearsal place and my dad would throw in these old Motown songs, you know, stuff from, from their time that they grew up on. And she will always play like the chords from the bass line or, or, or the root of the bass, you know, with the song. So she pretty much taught herself how to play over those uh, last couple of years of her life. Me knowing that she was a big like Motown fan, you know, that sound from back then, I was like, I got to do something. And I, well, I wanted to create a song that was slightly like a resemblance of the time that they grew up. So when you're hearing that song, I think the thing that really gives the, gives the weight on this tune that kind of goes back to that feel is when you're hearing the tambourine like throughout the song, because a lot of people, you know, they, they don't really utilize that instrument too much nowadays, the tambourine. So I just wanted to create something for her and, and you know, using that sound. This one here. For my wolf babies. So wait. First time I saw your face, I was so happy. Oh, First time I held you in my arms, I cried. The first time you looked at me with your brown eyes, I am just so in love with you. Sebastian. First time I heard your heart beat my First time you smiled at us, we had lots of tears. The first time you took your first step, I said, Shh, I am just so in love with you. Also, have a Sebastian and, and Zoe who mm-hmm. are two of your children, which is another, another family theme. I, I like the interplay between the bass man, Imani Grace Cooper. I actually believe the one thing about her her singing is it doesn't sound like she's trying. In other words, it's so effortless. It just seems like, like she just kind of comes out of the shower and just starts singing like that. It, it doesn't seem like she has to go through any kind of vocal gymnastics or, or any kind of work. It just kind of go. It just goes. It's great. Yeah, I'm, she probably doesn't. I just I remember her showing up to the studio and she was like, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Wow, yeah, it's great. And um, one thing we have in common, I, I do know the bass man. I, I, it's weird to see him kind of do a, a very white vibe and kind of talk yeah. uh, down and dirty, but he does a good job at it. I know he would. Yeah, yeah. So, now, I had to give him one here. I, when I called him, I was like, dude, I got the perfect spot for you. I mean, we've been talking about this on this for a few years and I told him, you know, say three years ago, I said, dude, I'm working on something. Trust me, I will call you. And we finally made it happen. another song i want to talk about which is um come dance with me i like the fact that it, it weaves the piano and the vibes together it's your most like quiet and atmospheric song on the record what was what was your thoughts on how you kind of worked through that well the story behind that is um my sebastian and zoe they're, they're mom her name is um my, my wife my current wife her name is heather along wolf she's a wonderful 
now retired, but she's a now she's a wonderful classical ballerina. You know, she she does a lot of choreo, uh, choreographing for her students at, at her job and in, in, uh, at our home. I, I'm always telling her, I was like, listen, we should do some type of um, collaboration, you know, one day, like pull you out of retirement and we can do like a husband and wife performance, you know, jazz versus classical music. Well, not versus, but, you know, combine the two. I thought it would be something really cool. But she's, she's you know, says sometimes, she's like, no, I'm retired. I don't want to do that. I'm too busy, blah, blah, blah. So I, I just decided to compose this tune. It's, you know, like I said, come dance with me. I was, I'm determined to get her on stage with me one day. And I wanted to create the song that I feel like would be a perfect, like the perfect melody and the perfect segue into something, you know, that she would really love to dance to. So while I'm playing along with the piano. So the song is basically composed for her. You have a great gift for beautiful melodies, and you have some voices on the record. Did you ever think of recording an R&B album? I'm trying to. You know, it's that's, that's what it's all about. You know, sometimes I, I just take a step back and listen to, uh, honestly, I listen to a lot of what my wife says. I'm like, what do you like about jazz and what do you not like? And she tells me her feelings. And one of the things that, you know, that she always stresses to me, what she likes and what she thinks her friends would like and, and others, you know, is just to have a strong melody. Don't worry too much about the solos you know the save that save that for the gigs you know just get your melody out and get to the point and, and cut it and uh, that's one thing i tried to focus on on throughout this record as you know as you notice i'm not really soloing as much as i normally would on any other record that i would do so that, that reminds me of just of another question what do you think of the current state today of like you know popular music where where drum and bass is not even existent it's more of a sample yeah. As a percussionist, what's your thought process of all that? Yeah. Um, that's just the character. And like, that's a lot of hip hop producers and a lot of, you know, people, that's just what they like. It comes of some, when you say that, the first thing that came to mind was that movie, um, Hustle and Flow. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they show for a slight second in that movie when they was creating the track. And it was just all drums and, uh, um, like a P bass or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's the same role. Everybody is doing the same. Um, it's, just some, it's just something that, you know, it's, it's just a trend right now until I guess somebody else eventually will have to come out and do something different. Um, I recall seeing this, this clip on YouTube with Snoop Dogg one time, and he's, he was saying how a lot of rappers are rapping. Well, he didn't say this one part, but I'm saying it like in, in musician terms, how musicians are, well, a lot of rappers are rapping in a triplet form. Um, you know, one, you know, that's the triplet form right there. And a lot of rappers are using that same triplet rhythm and just, you know, putting words over it. And you can probably pay out at least 25 guys right now who are doing that. And, every, and Snoop said it in this video, everybody sounds the same. And it's, it's carrying over to the whole drum and bass thing too. So yeah, pretty interesting. <laughs> Now, on the album cover, you, you're showing your guns, you're working out. Where do you work out in Baltimore? <laughs> uh, right now, I just switched to a gym called Anarchy. Anarchy Gym. It's a big powerhouse gym full of big muscle heads. Really? And, uh, when you when you work out, what are you listening to? What do you have on your... I, of course, I, I mean, I have to listen to something to, to, to feel good, and, you know, you know, just to get through it. Um, I, you know, also, a lot of times when I'm working, I'm working out and I'm listening to music that's also weirdly enough it's kind of like my practice time as well because I'm just listening to stuff analyzing things like okay what what, what could be used on a, a future record or you know just 
what can I do to arrange a particular song or things like that. But I'll listen to a lot of stuff from, um, I mean, a lot of stuff that I'm, I'm kind of listening on repeat right now is things like uh, D'Angelo, uh, Main Condition, um, Evan, Evanescence, um, uh, Mars Volta, a lot, a lot of Tupac Shakur. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. So The reason yeah. I asked about your workout, I look at Reincarnation, it's very soul-centered, and I'm not, it's soulful, but I meant soul-centered as in like you're, it feels like you're, you're in a good spot, like emotionally. I was like, well, where are you getting it? Is it from your music or is it from your gym work, which a lot of people, you know, are able to feel centered through that. I was trying to figure out where that's coming or if it's a combination of both. There's a combination of everything. Where I am in my life with my wife, my parents, my kids, where, um, let's see, from the music education side, you know, Peabody Conservatory in San Francisco, Conservatory Music to SF Jazz, my own groups, to all of my kids, family, um, you know, the, the gym, all of that good stuff. You know, I just feel like I'm just at a good good place in life at the moment. So, You started at three, right? Yes. I don't know if you can think of it back then, but what was it that got you excited about music and, and for you to, to basically spend your whole life in it? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just to be honest. I wasn't excited about music until I got to uh, middle school. My my dad, again, he was a uh, history teacher in Baltimore City Public Schools. He taught United States and World History. And to have to have a three year old practicing the way I was, uh, I, I won't call it torture or, or abuse. It, it it wasn't anything like that. It's just personally, I just didn't like it. <laughs> you know, I didn't like going down and in the basement and you know just looking back on it i didn't like being focused so much however i'm very grateful for the lessons that my dad gave me when it comes to practice so as the, as the years passed you know i started maybe to like it it's like it, i knew it was something that i could do and i knew i was talented for a kid at my age but when i got to middle school i, I remember we had a um a middle school assembly and we played um i think in our quote-unquote jazz band i mean it was a jazz band we just weren't playing any jazz so we played um the uh, Eye of the Tiger, you know, that thing song from the Rocky series? Survivor. Survivor. And uh, a lot of my um, classmates, they just stood up and they were like, yeah, 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 you know, Warren, you sound awesome. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, if I can get this reaction from them, you know, I wonder what can happen if we, we can, you know, if I just keep going. So um, I had no idea what was happening with my music career or where it was going even after that moment, because after that, I went to the uh, Baltimore School for the Arts, and, you know, we had really good jazz band there, but I was, you know, primarily playing classical music at the time, so I had no idea what was taking place or what was forming. So I guess the mad scientist, a.k.a. my dad, he had a plan. <laughs> he Tiger Woods you. <laughs> yeah, he definitely had a plan. He saw a vision. I mean, I, little things that he used to tell me all the time. He was like, you know, if you continue to do this, you'll make money. You'll be able to tour the world. People will love you. And you'll be able to, you know, just have a nice, simple life. Wow. Um, he was like, I want to set you up with something. Because, again, growing up in Baltimore City was pretty rough, especially in the neighborhood that I grew up in. You know, not, not a lot of musicians, um, especially in jazz, come from areas like how I came from. I, I grew up. And, you know, in a pretty rough area where there was a lot, lots of uh, drug related activities, murders and things like that. So but I was so thankful for my dad and my mom to, for for bringing me. And I have two older siblings. I have two sisters and I was thankful for, for both of them 
to uh, bringing me out of uh, out of that and keeping me straight. So. did the intro i i mentioned all these artists that just in the last like two months that you've worked with in the in the baltimore area <laughs> yet uh chico freeman and sean jones and cyrus chestnut and chris mcbride and david sanchez and you had even more than that that i just picked up uh, names that people would know who is really easy to work with i mean you're doing a lot of collaborational work it's kind of hard to figure out just one person um somebody just comes in and just nails it um Probably Sean Jones. Many years ago, I, I did some gigs with um, uh, Jazz, Jazz Lincoln with, with Wynton Marsalis, and Sean was in the band then. And we kind of crossed paths then. I mean, we did cross paths, but we didn't really talk too much. We said, hey, kept it going. And then eventually, <laughs> I uh, I did a couple of live recordings at the Detroit Jazz Festival with the Mac Avenue All-Stars. And I remember the front line for that was myself, Sean Jones, and Kurt Whalum. And um, well, that would suck, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that was fun. And then, you know, Sean and I, as we got closer, just over the years, we started doing little, just small little things. And then all of a sudden, when the uh, the chair position for the uh, Peabody Conservatory job became open, Sean and I were the, were the last two runners, you know, run, last two people for the uh, for the job position. But Sean, um, he, he got the job open me, which is all good. You know, love that brother to death. And he moved to uh, Baltimore. It's been open arms. And we became like super close. Uh, me and Sean, we just hung out just a couple weeks ago. We just watching, unfortunately, watching the Ravens lose and the Baltimore Ravens lose the uh, playoff. Yeah, <laughs> they got clobbered. Oh, um, uh, yeah, that's it. Was, I'm moving on past that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's painful. Thank you, Warren Wolf, for uh, visiting something that came from Baltimore. Your album is called Reincarnation. Uh, we are so happy to have you here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Coming out February 28th. Now what can I tell you? This brother laid out on many levels with some groove, funk, and sensuous balance. If you didn't know, now you know. What's his name? Warren Wolf. Now go tell somebody. Thanks for listening to Something Came From Baltimore, the show. Now on Box.com. Check us out next week where we're chatting with Kat Edmondson. And we're going to finish off this show by playing one of her tracks.
You can listen to Something Came From Baltimore anytime since it's a podcast. And we're on iTunes, Anchor, and YouTube, and a tons of other platforms. Subscribe and stay in touch and be a part of that Be More music scene.